I think one of the most exciting things we could do and watch is what we watched this morning, which is to see people, and particularly young people, um, be baptized. We're not called a Baptist church just for fun. We believe that's what we are called to do. As people um, sense the call of God in their lives, to take these steps into the waters of baptism. Hi guys, you were great. You really were. Um, I enjoy the way we... Um, I was baptized a long, long, long time ago. Um, half of you weren't even born then. Um, in a church that did baptisms in Glasgow and Scotland. And it was really dull. I mean, you didn't give your testimony. Nobody clapped. Nobody cheered. Um, they sung a really old hymn when you get baptized and come up to the water. It was up from the grave. Hero. When I went to my first church as a pastor and we were doing a baptism, I said, we either can make this dull or we can make it joyful. I vote that we make it joyful. And we clap and cheer and all kinds of stuff. So we do. That's great. This is a much shorter message this morning because I think you've really heard a great little sermon um, in each one of these um baptisms you really have. So let me take back. A number of you mentioned that you were you know, you've been in Sunday school a long time, you knew all the Sunday school stories. Somebody mentioned that, I can't remember who it was. But you know, you kinda knew all the Sunday was it you? Yeah, I think so. Good for you. What was your name again? You're Silas. Okay. Um I don't know everybody's name, but I got really excited coming in. A couple of the young ladies came in carrying flowers. And I thought, wow, are they for me? And they said, no, they're for one of our friends who's being baptized. Oh, my heart was broken, but never mind, I'll survive. Um, Here's a story from Sunday school you might remember. Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting an end into the lake and they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And once they left their nets, they followed them. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately they just left the boat, they left their father, and they followed him. Now, you need to know it may not be the first time that Jesus has met these people. We're not sure. But this was not a casual meeting. Remember that Jesus has spent an entire night before this day praying about each one of the people that he would call to follow him as they encountered him. But it seems that without question, without hesitation, they just stop what they're doing, kind of drop their nets, get out of the boat, and they take steps to follow him. And I don't know, but if I was there... There's a whole bunch of questions which start to rise in my mind. I would think about, what about our families? Who looks after our wives and our children? We know, for example, that Peter was married. And so, who looks after the kids? How will we make a living if we give up fishing? Because this is what they'd always done. It's how they looked after their families. It's how they fed and had a meal at night. It's how they took stuff to the market and got some money. I mean, I'd want to know that. Maybe somebody else says, well, if we follow you, Jesus, you know, where would we live? Somebody else says, where will all this lead to? Will, will, will we be successful? Will we be famous one day? Will people all over the world 
Come to know our names. Thomas says, I doubt it. But, you know, who knows? Uh, some other people might say to me, can I ask Jesus, is there a pension plan with this? What about retirement? When do we have to stop work? But it seems that all that they're asked to do is to take simply the next step, they just get up and follow Jesus. Is that all it takes? Is there more to it than that? Well, we know what happens in the story. We know where it leads to. We know where it ends up on a cross with betrayal and tears and failure that leads back to fishing again. Remember that? And then there's a breakthrough into a whole new world movement. But for a moment, it's as simple as this one word, come and follow me. I often describe the spiritual life by the word pilgrimage. And it paints the picture for us that following Jesus is not just one decision and it's all over. Rather, it's a journey. I listened to the testimony. Sabrina, who's Sabrina? You are. And Silas said that in their testimony. You catch that? They said it's a journey. It's a long expedition of single steps. Some of them may seem very small and insignificant. Others are life-changing. But you've got to know that each one, each step is important and vital. Each one connects to the step that we've just taken and inches us forward to what is going to follow. And so it is a journey as we follow Jesus. This morning, just to give you two issues to think about. I trust they'll challenge each one of us. I don't, it doesn't matter whether you're a young person this morning or you're an old person. doesn't matter. They will challenge us. First is this. What is the next step that God's calling you to take? Perhaps it's something that's been in your mind for a while. It's just been rolling around there. Something just keeps bugging you. Something's whispering in your ear. You keep coming back to it. You cannot escape from it. Can I tell you that may be the voice of God speaking to you. That is God defining for you what your next step is. What the next thing that you have to do is. Secondly, and connected to that, very important. You will not see... And you will not get to know what lies after that until you take the next step. The next step is your, we call it a prerequisite. It's a requirement. It's a qualification that has to be done before you get to move ahead. We may try all kinds of things to get around it, to bypass it to circumvent it, to evade it, but it will not let us do that. It quietly but firmly stands before us. It's saying to you, saying to me when I was 16 years old, you have to do this first. This is the next step you have to take. It's the next thing that you have to do. And if we won't do that and try to evade it, can I tell you very seriously this morning, God will firmly bring us back to that place again and again, and say to us, now let's try again. We learned that from a group of people called the children of Israel. After they left Egypt, where they were prisoners, within a few days, God brought them to an oasis where there's water, and it's called Kadesh Barnea. It's time to cross over. It was time now to enter the promised land with all of its hopes and dreams. Do you know there's going to be water from wells they didn't have to dig? There's going to be fruit from trees that they did not have to plant. But they failed the test of obedience and they were turned back into the wilderness for how long? Forty years. And then do you know if you read the book of Exodus Deuteronomy, God brought them back exactly to that same place again, Kadesh Barnea. 
as though God is saying to this group of people, okay, we've been here before, let's try it again. And it's because they would not take the next step of trusting God and following God. God said, you get a time out there in the wilderness, but I'm going to bring you back to this same place. You don't move ahead without taking this step. This time, they move forward. You see, taking whatever the next step is for you and for me is our prerequisite, our qualification for moving forward. Let me ask you again. What today, September 16th, is the next step that God has been speaking to you about in your life? Whether you're a young person in this church, whether you're a deacon in this church, whether you're on the leadership team of this church, singing a worship team in this church, it doesn't matter. Something that stays with you. Something when God speaks to you and keeps whispering in your ear. You keep coming back to it. And it seems <coughs> that you cannot escape His voice. I will tell you, that is God very probably defining for you what's next. Here are some suggestions. It may be one of these for you. It may be the next step for you may be baptism. That you've witnessed these young people um, this morning. You've come through as they've done. You've been in a Christian home. You've gone through Sunday school and Pioneer Clubs. All those kinds of things. And the next step God is saying to you is baptism. You were at the Summer Youth Conference. Maybe last year, this year, I don't know. You've been involved in the mission of sale. And God is saying to you, the next step is baptism. You need to be in this tank sometime from now, sharing a testimony. And you're, you're nervous? That's okay, we know that. We're here to cheer you on. But that may be the next step God is calling you to. And God doesn't want you to try to go around that. That's the step you have to take. Maybe the next step is a fresh step about praying and getting into God's Word. Someone talked about that in their testimony this morning. You know, you've been meaning to do that. But I know life is busy. You've got to get up and grab a bite of breakfast and get off to school or um, whatever it might be. You're busy at night because you join some clubs in school and you're out in sports. All kinds of stuff. I know that. But you have to make a new commitment to get into God's Word. Maybe it, the next step for you is some area of service here at VCBC. You've got some God-given gifts that you know you should be sharing. You should be getting involved. You should be stepping up to the plate. You're not here to be a spectator. You're here to be a participant. And God's saying, that's your next step. Maybe for you, if you're out and you're working, got a family, maybe it's in giving. That you've got to up the ante and move towards tithing to support the ministry here. Maybe this morning you're a visitor and you say, you know, my next step is I need to begin to explore who Jesus Christ really is. It will be different for each one of us. Young, old, doesn't matter. Male, female, doesn't matter. Jesus is simply saying, come and follow me. That's the next step. Take that next step. He's saying, trust me. Here's what I do know. You will not get to see and you will not get to know what lies after that until you take that next step. That's true for you. Can I tell you that's true for me? The next step is a prerequisite. It is a requirement. It is a condition that has to be done 
before you really get to move ahead with God. We may try to all kinds of ways to bypass it, circumvent it, evade it. It simply will not let us. It quietly but firmly stands before you and before me saying, you have to do me first. Christian growth, Christian transformation is not chronological. It doesn't relate to time. It doesn't relate to how old you are, how long you've been a Christian. It is relational, not chronological. It depends upon our relationship to Jesus as we walk in obedience. I also know this this morning. When you take that step, you'll begin to see what lies ahead and you will ask yourself, why did this take me so long? Why did I not do this sooner? So ahead of Peter and Andrew and James and John and Thomas and Matthew and a bunch of other guys, was a great journey that they knew nothing about as Jesus met them. They would feel great victory some days. They would also feel times of defeat. They would experience the thrill of joy that they'd never before, before and they also would be dropped into the deepest places on the earth. But all of that was to come. There was only one decision that they had to make, the next step. So do you. And so do I. This morning in a moment, we're just going to stand quietly for a minute before we sing. And I will say to you, no matter who you are in our church, you can make a quiet but deep decision this morning about what that will be for your life and what you will do with that. Don't make this just another morning to have shown up for church or to come because one of your friends is being baptized. Make this a morning of decision where as you stand, you say, God, this is what you're speaking to me about. And I commit this morning on September 16th, I will do it. Then after the service, people milling around and stuff, would you come and talk to us about it? Speak to one of the pastors, speak to um, a youth leaders, speak to Pastor Johnny, whoever it might be. Speak to Sunday school teacher and say, this is what I decided to do this morning. Okay? Edmund, come on back. You remember the Nike slogan? Some of you may wear Nike shoes this morning. Anybody got Nike shoes on? I didn't wear my Nike shoes. What's the Nike slogan? Just do it. There's all kinds of questions. Peter had them. Andrew had them. Thomas had them. Matthew had them. Jesus says to us, just do it. What's the one thing, the one thing, the one thing above everything else? He's saying to you this morning, that's your next step. Just do it. You stand with me.